Afterthoughts, Episode 3. Hi, and welcome back to Afterthoughts. I'm your host, Paul Steele. I'm also the senior pastor at Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. Afterthoughts is the podcast of Bethlehem Church where we go beyond the Sunday sermon, where we want to talk about things that were related to the sermon, whether it's questions, whether it's additional information that didn't quite make it into the sermon. This past week, we talked about the importance of being present. That in order for you to be part of a community, in order for you to be part of a, of a church, you need to be there. You need to show up. And we looked at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Now, we know that for relationships to succeed, if, if a relationship has any hope of lasting any length of time, the people involved in that relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship, or even if it's a work relationship, that there has to be a commitment or at least a desire on the part of the people involved in that relationship to, to be there, to make that relationship somewhat of a priority, to value that relationship. And the same is true with the church. The church, and right now I'm not necessarily talking about the big universal church. What I'm talking about is, is the local expressions of the church, these small communities of faith, these small Christian communities, that, that they require the presence of individuals for them to complete the task that God has called us to do that it requires our presence. And so what is the task that, that, that God has placed upon the church? What are we called to do? Well, ultimately, what we're called to do is to go and make disciples. That, that, that our task is to bring people into the covenant people of God by making them disciples of Jesus. So we're disciple making. And that requires at least two, two parts. It requires bringing people who have no relationship with Jesus into a relationship with Jesus. And then it requires the intentional uh, spiritual formation, discipleship, whatever word that you want to use there, of people to become more like Jesus. That's what we're called to do. So we're called to evangelize, to bring people into the community. And then we are called to bring people as they become part of this community to help them mature so that they become more and more like Jesus. That's what the church is about. So often what we have done within our culture is that we've made church just another consumer good where we're where we go church shopping to find the best fit for us 
And once that church community, once that Christian community no longer meets our expectations or what we desire, then we feel like, oh, we can go and find a new one that does meet our expectations, that does have the things that we that we find valuable, right? Now, the problem with that is then the focus of the church then doesn't become uh, doesn't become how we can join them to uh, to do what God has called us to do, so that we are joining our skills and our and our abilities and our passions and our desires with them to do what God has called us to do and to assist them in what in 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 the calling that God has placed within the church. But rather, now the, the focus of our of the church then is well, do they meet my needs? Do they live up to my expectations? Do they fulfill what I want? And that's not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church isn't necessarily there to serve you. The purpose of the church is for you to find a place, a community, a group of people where you can become a part of so that you can live out the calling that God has on, has on your life with these other individuals. And I think that is part of what we see here in this passage from the book of Hebrews. Now, granted, the situation in the, in, in the first century is radically different than the situation that we find ourselves here in 21st century America, right? Because most of the churches within the first century, they're house churches. You know, they're, they're small. You know, they may be up to, to 35, 40 people within a house church, and, and that would have been large. But now we have these big buildings, and, and, and we have, have, have churches that, that, ha, that range up into the thousands. And, and we have this, this choice because we have several different, you know, a dozen, two dozen different churches that we can choose from just within our local community. That's not even counting the surrounding areas of where we can drive to. And so it is a radically different situation where on the one hand in the first century, and, and this would be true for, for a lot of the, the world that even today, that they didn't have all the different options. Like they may have one or two options within their local community. They're one or two options of, of local expressions of the church that they can choose from, that they can be a part of. And then, they, then they're committed to that group, whether it's quote unquote a good fit for them or not. And here it's easy for us not to commit to a group because we have the freedom, we have the luxury of being able to, to go down the street to find a better quote-unquote, fit. And I think there's a lot of dangers to that because, again, it puts, it puts the focus on us and our desires and what we're looking for and making sure that these, these churches are meeting our needs and our expectations and not for us to find, one, a place that we can use our talents and our, 
our abilities, but also a place where we can find uh, ways to encourage others and then a group of people who can in turn encourage us. So again, as we look here at at Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 23 through 25, I think the the writer of the book of Hebrews helps us understand the importance of making a commitment to a local church, to a specific uh, church community or Christian community as we as we follow Jesus, that, that this becomes a, a crucial part for our discipleship, right? Okay, so let's just take a, a look at, at, he, at, at, Roman, or at Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm actually going to start uh, back in verse 21. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with a sincere heart, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for, we can be tr- for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near so as we take a look at this and the reason why i want to start back at at verse 21 is that in his book a call to commitment william lane uh, talks about how Kind of the background information for this passage is found in that uh, of uh, the peace offering. That in in the peace offering, what people are remembering and celebrating is the fact that God has established or has made peace with them as a people. So back in the Old Testament with the Old Covenant, when God, uh, when the peace offering was offered what that meant is that 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 god had confirmed his covenant with the people of israel so israel becomes his covenant people and he's at peace with them now with that as the background you know the the writer of hebrews here says okay because we have peace with god because this has happened because we are now god's covenant people then we can can go into the presence of God. We can worship God together. Our our consciences have been cleansed. We have been washed. We are his people. We can be confident of all of this. And this reminds us, or this tells us, that as God's covenant people, one of the expectations is that we set time aside to worship God, that we praise him and that we thank him and that, that we come together to do this. That as God's covenant people, we make a priority of worshiping him, the one who has established a covenant with us, who has established peace with us who has made a treaty with us that's kind of the idea behind the idea of a covenant 
So a covenant, the best way that we can understand that is a treaty. So God has made a treaty with us and we worship him and we praise him and we thank him. And what we see here in, in this passage then is that this celebration, that this worship that happens, that this expectation of God's people is something that we do together. It's something that we do with one another. So as we look here, one of those things that, one of the phrases that just jump out at us is the two words, let us. And verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God. Verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering. Verse 24, let us think of ways. Verse 25, let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us. See, these are things that we are to do with one another. This is a community activity. Our relationship with God is, is on the one hand, it is a personal relationship with God because God has dealt with us as individuals. But ultimately, part of what salvation is about and part of what this new covenant is about is God creating a new covenant people. And for us to truly experience salvation, for us to truly experience discipleship requires us to be part of God's people, to make that a priority. And so in verse 23, he says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So let us hold securely, you know, let's secure this. Let's make it tight. Let's make sure that it's not going anywhere without wavering. Let's not doubt here. Let's not give up here. Let's not second guess ourselves. Let's make this secure, the hope that we have. Now, I want us to think about this about this reality is that when do we tend to lose hope? Well, we tend to lose hope when we feel isolated, when we feel all alone. That's one of the 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 downsides, you know, of of the of the stay at home stuff that we've experienced with COVID, right? That we've stayed at home and we've we've kind of isolated ourselves. So we see this spike in, in suicides and spike in abuse and spike in all these things that 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 point to uh, being isolated, being depressed, feeling like there is no hope. So if we're going to hold on secure securely to the hope that we have in Jesus, well, that requires us then to be together, to encourage one another, to remind each other what God is doing in our lives, to be there, to support one another. And that becomes even more important as we spend those times because inevitably, we all spend time alone. We all find ourselves isolated from time to time. In fact, there are, there are times when it's good for us to spend time in solitude. And so for us to, to be able to hold securely when we are isolated, when we feel all alone, or when we 
are by ourselves. Having come together and held this securely and be reminded of the hope that we have in God, that can help us power through those times of loneliness, those times of isolation, those times when we don't think anybody else is there with us. And we're reminded here that we can hold on to this hope because God keeps his promises. God is a promise keeper and we hold on to that. God is a promise keeper. And so as we move here into verse 24, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. So this, this phrase, think of ways, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Or other translations, let us consider how we can motivate or let's con be considerate. So what the writer of Hebrews wants us to remember here is that in our relationship with God, there is a reciprocal nat nature to it. It's not just about me it's not just about me it's about me and you and so one of the things that that i have said is that we are responsible for each other's discipleship we are responsible for each other's discipleship now of course we're not a hundred percent responsible for another person's discipleship or spiritual formation that burden doesn't lie on us alone but we do play a part in the discipleship of each other. You know, our own concern, our, our own discipleship is not our only concern. We are to look at those around us. So when, when you think about, about your Christian community that you're a part of, or here at Bethlehem, as we look around on a, a Sunday morning and we see people we are we're, we should take into consideration the discipleship of those people how can we encourage them how can we help them and so just a couple of thoughts just come to mind one is that we find ways to actually serve them we find ways to help them in their time of need we find ways to encourage them Right? We look for those opportunities to do that. A second way is that we begin to become comfortable with talking about the ways that God is working in our lives. Like when we feel discouraged, when we feel de dis depressed, one of the things that has happened is we kind of we, we lose focus of those things that God has done for us. We lose focus of what God is doing in this world. We, lose, we, we forget about the different ways that God has worked in our lives. And when we hear about God's activity, when we hear about how God is working in the lives of others, that reminds us of how God has worked in our lives. It opens our eyes to, yes, God is working in this world. And that way we can encourage one another, we can motivate one another to do what God has called us to do, not to give up, to hold on securely to this hope that we have in Jesus. And then in verse 25 where he says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, 
I think this is a tough one for our culture. Because we have made a, being part of a church kind of as a secondary thing. Because we've put primary, especially for us who follow Jesus, right? We've made primary uh, our own discipleship, our own uh, time with God. And so a lot of us who follow after Jesus have have made a priority, a daily practice of of prayer, of Bible study, Bible reading, of of doing some sort of spiritual discipline like that. And in that, we feel comfortable and secure. Like, yeah, I have a relationship with God. And the process, we have allowed other things in this world to come in and squeeze out our time with other Christians. And we haven't made church or our Sunday or weekend services or worship time a priority in our, our lives. We, if, if something else is happening on a Sunday morning, we're more than willing to go and do that. And we only attend quote unquote church if we don't have anything else going on. And the same can be said with small groups and all of this, that these types of coming together and meeting together has become optional. And that is why, as far as when people, when studies are done about regular church attendance, now, now you attend church regularly if you attend one and a half times a month. One and a half times a month. Now, can you really say that you are committed to this Christian community? Can you really say that you are part of this church? That you're connected there? If all you're doing is attending one and a half times a month. And it's hard for us to hear this because... Because what's taking us away from church is oftentimes good things. And we can convince ourselves like, hey, I can worship God here or there. I can, you know, I can listen to this, to this worship music. I can read this devotional book. I can listen to this podcast. I can do this and this. And I still getting this input of Christian uh, inspirational stuff into my life. But what you're missing out on and what we're missing out on, what the uh, church in the United States is missing out on is being connected, being committed to a local church where we're finding ways, thinking of ways, finding ways of encouraging one another, motivating one another, encouraging one another. And now we wonder, well, why is the church shrinking in the United States? Why are people walking away? Why aren't people, uh, why aren't we converting people to Christianity? Well, it's because we haven't made this a priority in our lives. We haven't made this a commitment. And we can we can say all we want that we are we are a member here we attend here we can do this we can do that. But if you're not showing up, if you are not present within the Christian community, then you're not really connected there. Right? You can say that oh I'm friends with. 
this person here. But if you're never spending time with that person, are you really friends? You may be really good acquaintances, but a real feeling of connectedness with this person doesn't really exist. And we need to find ways to be connected. We need to find ways to, to not neglect meeting with one another. Now, when I was a youth pastor, uh, one of the things that, that, that uh, I did was that we had, we had a Bible study on Wednesday evening. Uh, we did a prayer breakfast on Thursday morning. And then we had youth group on Thursday evenings or on Sunday evenings. So, so Bible study Wednesday, prayer group on Thursday, youth group on Sunday. In addition to regular Sunday school and, and stuff on Sunday morning. And one of the reasons why I did that was because we had a number of people, a number of high school uh, students who were, who were working. They, they, they couldn't make it to Sunday morning or Sunday evening for these big uh, times together. But by having these different opportunities for people to be a part of, they could at least find one time during the week that they could come and be plugged in. And I think that is why it's important when we're talking about don't neglect meeting together, that, that we find ways, and as church families, we find ways in addition to Sunday morning worship, which isn't really a good time uh, for being connected and relationship building to happen, that we find additional times for people to come and be a part of so that they can meet together. And you need to find ways to be part of a small group or part of other things that the local church is doing so you can be connected there and you can show up, that you can be present because that is crucial to our spiritual development, to our discipleship. There's no substitute to, for presence within a community. There's no substitute to presence in the community. Yeah, you may not be able to be there all the time. But eventually, if you don't make that a priority, if, you only, if you're only showing up one and a half times a month, you're not going to feel connected. You're not going to truly be part of that community. I think this is a message that we as Americans need to hear. That for our discipleship, whether it's our personal discipleship or if it's or our, our disciple making, you know, doing what Jesus has asked us to do, that requires our presence within a Christian community. That we make that a commitment in our lives. And that we're there through the ups and downs, through the messiness, through the successes, as well as the failures. Like, hey, we're going to be committed to this group of people. I think that's crucial for being part of God's covenant people. This is a commitment that we're going to make. Hey, thank you for, for being part of Afterthoughts today.
And uh, I hope that you have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next week. God bless.